Chapter Eight of A Daughter of Today by Sarah Jeanette Duncan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Miss Bell arose late the next morning, which was not unusual. Mrs. Jordan had knocked three times vainly, and then left the young lady's chop and coffee outside the door on the landing if she would have it cold mrs jordan reasoned she would and more warnin than knockin three times no livin bein could expect mrs jordan went downstairs uneasy in her mind however the matter of miss bell's breakfast generally left her uneasy in her mind it was not in reason mrs jordan thought that a young literary lady should keep that close for elfrida's custom of having her breakfast deposited outside her door was as invariable as it was perplexing miss bell was as charming to her landlady as she was to everybody else but mrs jordan found a polite pleasantness that permitted no opportunity for expansion whatever more stimulating to the curiosity and irritating to the mind generally than the worst of bad manners would have been that was the reason she knocked three times when she brought up miss bell's breakfast at mr tick's door she rapped once and cursorily at that mr tick was as conversational as you please on all occasions and besides mr tick's door was usually half open the shroud of mystery in which mrs jordan enwrapped her third-floor front grew more impenetrable as the days went by her original theory which established elfrida as the heroine of the latest notorious divorce case was admirably ingenious but collapsed in a fortnight with its own weight besides mrs jordan reasoned if it had been that person where is the correspondent all this time there's been nothing in the shape of a correspondent hanging round this house for i've kept my eye open for one i give her up said mrs jordan darkly that's what i do and i only ope i won't find her suicided on charcoal some mornin like that poor young poetess in yesterday's paper another knock half an hour later found elfrida finishing her coffee out of doors the world was gray the little square windows were beaten with rain inside the dreariness was redeemed to the extent of a breath a suggestion an essence came out of the pictures and the trappings and blended itself with the lingering fragrance of the joss-sticks and the roses and the cigarettes in a delightful manner the room was almost warm with it it seemed to centre in elfrida as she sat beside the writing-table whose tumultuous papers had been pushed away to make room for the breakfast dishes she was instinct with it miss bell glanced hurriedly around the room it was unimpeachable not so much as a strayed collar interfered with its character as an apartment where a young lady might receive come in she said she knew the knock the door opened slowly to a hesitating push and disclosed mr golightly tick by degrees mr tick was accustomed to boudoirs less rigid in their exclusiveness and always handled miss bell's door with a certain amount of embarrassment if she wanted a chance to whisk anything out of the way he would give her that chance fully in view of the lady and the coffee-pot mr tick made a stage bow here is my apology 
he said holding out a letter i found it in the box as i came in it was another long thick envelope and in its upper left-hand corner was printed in early english lettering the st george's gazette elfrida took it with the faintest perceptible change of countenance it was another discomfiture but it did not prevent her from opening her dark eyes with a remote effect of pathos entirely disconnected with its reception and you climbed all these flights to give it to me she said with gravely smiling plaintiveness thank you why should you have been so good please please sit down mr tick looked at her expressively i don't know miss bell really i don't usually take much trouble for people i say it without shame most people are not worth it you don't mind my saying that you're an exception though besides i'm afraid i had my eye on my reward your reward elfrida repeated her smiling comprehension insisted that it did not understand the pleasure of saying good morning to you but that is an inanity miss bell and unworthy of me i should have left you to divine it how could i divine an inanity in connection with you she answered and her eyes underlined her words when he returned oh you always parry she felt a little thrill of pleasure with herself how did it go last night she asked altogether lovely standing-room only and the boxes taken for a week i find myself quite adorable in my little part now i feel it you know i am james jones a solicitor's clerk to my fingers ends my nature changes my environment changes the instant i go on but a little thing upsets me last night i had to smoke a cigar the swell of the piece gives me a cigar and he gave me a poor one it wasn't in tone the unities required that he should give me a good cigar see i felt quite confused for the moment elfrida's eyes had strayed to the corner of her letter if you want to read that continued mr tick i know you won't mind me thanks said elfrida calmly i've read it already it's a rejected article my play came back again yesterday for the thirteenth time the fellow didn't even look at it i know because i stuck the second and third pages together as if by accident and when it came back they were still stuck and yet these men pretend to be on the lookout for original work it's a thrice beastly world miss bell elfrida widened her eyes again and smiled with a vague impersonal winningness i suppose one ought not to care said she but there is the vulgar necessity of living yes agreed mr tick and then sardonically waterloo bridge at ebb tide is such a nasty alternative i could never get over the idea of the drainage oh i know a better way than that she chose her words deliberately a much better way i keep it here holding up the bent little finger of her left hand 
it had a clumsy silver ring on it square and thick in the middle bearing deep-cut sanskrit letters it is a dear little alternative she went on like a bit of brown sugar rather a nice taste i believe and no pain when i am quite tired of it all i shall use this i think my idea is that it's weak to wait until you can't help it besides i could never bear to become less attractive than i am now poison said mr golightly tick with an involuntarily horrified face elfrida's hand was hanging over the edge of the table and he made as if he would examine the ring without the formality of asking leave she drew her fingers away instantly in the vernacular she answered coolly you may not touch it i beg your pardon but how awfully chic it is chic isn't it not so very old you know elfrida raised her eyebrows and pursed her lips a little it came from persia they still do things like that in those delightful countries and i've had it tested there's enough to satisfy three people when you are quite sure you want it i don't mind sharing it with you if you are going out mr tick will you post this for me it's a thing about american social ideals and i'm trying the consul with it delighted but if i know the editor of the consul it won't get two minutes consideration no being the work of a lady no doesn't matter how good it is the thing to know about the consul man is this he's very nice to ladies can't resist ladies consequences the paper's half full of ladies copy every week i know because a cousin of mine writes for him and most unsympathetic stuff it is yet it always goes in and she gets her three guineas a week as regularly as the day comes but her pull is that she knows him personally and she's a damned pretty woman elfrida followed him with interest is she as pretty as i am she asked purely for information lord no mr tick responded warmly besides you've got style and distinction and ideas any editor would appreciate your points once you saw him but you've got to see him first my candid advice is take this to the consul office elfrida looked at him in a way which baffled him to understand i don't think i can do that she said slowly and then added i don't know well he said i'll enter my protest against the foolishness of doing it this way by refusing to post the letter mr tick was tremendously in earnest and threw it dramatically upon the table you may be a george eliot or an elizabeth barrett browning but in these days you want every advantage miss bell and women who succeed understand that elfrida's face was still enigmatic so enigmatic that mr tick felt reluctantly constrained to stop i must pursue the even tenor of my way he said airily looking at his watch i've an engagement to lunch at one don't ask me to post that article miss bell and by the way as he turned to go i haven't a smoke about me 
could you give me a cigarette oh yes said elfrida without looking at him as many as you like she pushed an open box towards him but she had an absent considering air that did not imply any idea of what she was doing thanks only one or perhaps two there now two how good these little hafiz fellows are thanks awfully good-bye good-bye said elfrida with her eyes on the packet addressed to the editor of the consul and mr golightly tick tripped downstairs she had not looked at him again she sat thinking thinking she applied herself first to stimulate the revolt that rose within her against golightly tick's advice his intolerably no his forgetfully presumptuous advice she would be just to him he talked so often to women with whom such words would carry weight for an instant he might easily fail to recognize that she was not one of those it was absurd to be angry and not at all in accordance with any theory of life that operated in paris instinctively at the thought of a moral indignation upon such slender grounds in paris she gave herself the benefit of a thoroughly expressive parisian shrug and how they understood success in paris beasts and yet it was all in the game it was a matter of skill of superiority of puppet playing one need not soil one's hands in private one could always laugh she remembered how nadie had laughed when three bunches of roses from three different art critics had come in together how inextinguishably nadie had laughed it was in itself a success of its kind nadie had no scruples except about her work she went straight to her end believing it to be an end worth arriving at by any means and now nadie would presently be très en vue très en vue after all it was a much finer thing to be scrupulous about one's work that was the real morality the real life elfrida closed her eyes and felt a little shudder of consciousness of how real it was when she opened them again she was putting down her protest with a strong hand crushing her rebellious instincts unmercifully she did not allow herself a moment's self-deception she did not insult her intelligence by the argument that it was a perfectly harmless and proper thing to offer a piece of work to an editor in person that every lady did it that she might thereby obtain some idea of what would suit his paper if her article did not she was perfectly straightforward in confronting godlightly tick's idea and she even disrobed it to her own consciousness of any garment of custom and conventionality it might have had to his another woman might have taken it up and followed it without an instant's hesitation as a matter concerning which there could be no doubt a matter of ordinary expediency of course a man would be nicer to a woman than to another man they always were it was natural but elfrida with her merciless insight had to harden her heart and ply her self-respect with assurance that it was all in the game and it was a superb thing to be playing the game 
deliberately she chose the things she looked best in and went out end of chapter eight